Welcome to the Whitewater Podcast. Stay tuned at the end of the message for church resources and more information about Whitewater. For now, let's dive into this week's message together. So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, one day right there in Alabama little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted and every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain and the crooked places will be made straight and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is a faith that I go back to the south with. With this faith. We will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee, sweet land of liberty of thee I sing, land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride, from every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. 
So let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, and when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Thanks for tuning in this week. We're in the middle of a series all about dreaming again. And we want to, as a church community, dream about the church that God wants us to become in this next season. We dream of being a church that's centered on the teachings and way of Jesus and also sent by Jesus to bless a broken world. Heaven's going to be a diverse place with people from different cultures, different colors, languages, backgrounds. And we want our church to reflect heaven here on earth now. MLK Weekend gives us an opportunity to reflect on the church we're becoming, where we've been, where we are, and where we want to go. It also gives us an opportunity to, you know, really continue to commit ourselves to being a church that shines Jesus' light of grace and truth on maybe areas of the sickness of racism and bigotry in our world, in our community, maybe even in our own lives and relationships. The key to this kind of growth together is having an openness of heart compassion, and a willingness to learn. I want to invite you to be part of this journey of our church as God helps us to become a church that really changes the culture of our world. I want to invite you to check out our new podcast. You can find the link for that in the description below. Or you can go wherever you find your podcasts and look up Whitewater Church, and you should be able to find it. I had a great conversation with Dominic Gilliard for our first podcast. And in that interview, we really explored how the church can catalyze greater inclusion, diversity, and human flourishing. Dominic had a really unique connection to Martin Luther King Jr., and I want to share it with you. So here's a little bit of a sneak peek for the podcast. Hope you enjoy it. I'm from the metro Atlanta area, grew up in the shadows of Dr. King, which really ended up being profoundly informative for my life. I have a father who worked for the Southern Christian Leadership Conference for a decade, which is an organization that Dr. King founded during the civil rights movement. And I have a mom who is a superintendent in our denomination, which 
in other denominations kind of functions like a bishop. And so she is the pastoral leader over the southeastern region of the Evangelical Covenant Church. So I jokingly say that God took the best virtues of their call and combined it into a call upon my life, uh, racial justice and discipleship. And that's really um, been my life's call. And I think in large part, due to the legacy and witness of Dr. King. And so because of that, there were, within my own formation, there was never really this kind of bifurcation, the splitting of evangelism and justice, right belief and right action. The gospel was always something that unified those two things. The cross has two dimensions. It has the vertical and the horizontal. When we're just in right relationship with God and unaligned with our neighbor, that's not the good news of Jesus Christ. And when we're aligned rightly with our neighbor, but not with God, again, that's not the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus Christ is only manifested when we are in right relationship with both God and neighbor. And so that's been something that has really been instructive for me as I've understood what is the role of the church in being a presence of transformation and a signpost of the love, mercy, and justice of Jesus Christ in the midst of a nation where racial division abounds? What is the role of the church when we're called to be ambassadors of reconciliation, when we're called to be co-laborers with Christ, when we are the hands and feet of Christ in the midst of history and legacies and missteps by the church that have been more complicit with racism than they have active against racism. And I just really have seen the gospel as something that is the solution to that brokenness, to that division. But we have to have the integrity and the fortitude to go to those difficult places and spaces to reveal the goodness of Christ. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. What does the work of Martin Luther King and, and who he was and what he stood for, what does that mean to you in your work? King is a vision of how do you turn racial trauma into the fuel that ultimately culminates in being a drum major, drum major of justice. He is the person that reminds 
me that even in the midst of what other lives would feel like despair, we have to cling to the truth of the gospel that we have a Lord and Savior who has already gone before us and secured the victory. We can't think about racial oppression as something that we are going to end because ultimately these things won't be fully reconciled into the second coming, but we also don't have to be complicit with what is. We get a chance to partner with Jesus in ushering to for kind of paving the way for God's return and to be in the process of reconciling all things again which means not just broken people, but also broken, broken systems and structures. And King's prophetic witness says that we have to take seriously both dimensions of the gospel. And I'll close with this kind of quote from him real quick uh, that's always been helpful. He says, any religion that professes to be concerned about the souls of men and is not concerned about the slums that damn them, the economic conditions that strangle them, and the social conditions that cripple them is a spiritually morbid religion awaiting burial. And it's, it's that both and that King constantly calls us back to that really energizes me in the work that God's called me to. We all think about it and every now and then I think about my own death and I think about my own funeral and I don't think of it in a morbid sense. Every now and then I ask myself, what is it that I would want said? And I leave the word to you this morning. If any of you around, when I have to meet my day, I don't want a long funeral. And if you get somebody to deliver the eulogy, tell them not to talk too long. And every now and then I wonder what I want them to say. Tell them not to mention that I have a Nobel Peace Prize. That isn't important. Tell them not to mention that I have three or four hundred other awards. That's not important. Tell them not to mention where I went to school. I'd like somebody to mention that day that Martin Luther King Jr. tried to give his life serving others. I'd like for somebody to say that day that Martin Luther King Jr. tried to love somebody. I want you to say that day that I tried to be right on the wall question. I want you to be able to say that day that I did try to feed the hungry. I want you to be able to say that day that I did try in my life to call those who were naked. I want you to say on that day that I did try in my life to visit those who were in prison. I want you to say that I tried to love and serve humanity. Yes, if you want to say that I was a drum major. Say that I was a drum major for justice. Say that I was a drum major for peace. I was a drum major for righteousness. And all of the other shallow things will not matter. I won't have any money to leave behind. I won't have the fine and luxurious things of life to leave behind. But I just want to leave a committed life behind. And that's all I want to say. If I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word of song, if I can show somebody he's traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. If I can do my duty as a Christian, or if I can bring salvation.
to a world once wrought, if I can spread the message as the Master taught, then my living will not be in vain. Yes, Jesus, I want to be on your right or your left side. Not for any selfish reason. I want to be on your right or your left side. Not in terms of some political kingdom or ambition. But I just want to be there in love and in justice and in truth. And in commitment to others so that we can make of this old world a new world. Hey, Whitewater family. Thanks again for joining us this week. At Whitewater, we believe in creating an environment where you can belong before you believe. If you want to learn more about who we are and what we believe in, visit us at our website, whitewaterchurch.org. If you'd like to contribute to Whitewater financially, you can give online at whitewaterchurch.org give. Or if you want to get involved in blessing our communities or are interested in joining one of our home churches, email us at info at whitewaterchurch.org. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.